Whether it's a pitch, a presentation, or a TV appearance, you only get one chance to make a first impression, as Karen discusses with psychologist and author Corinne Sweet. Could we begin with you just telling me a little bit about your background and how you've, you've come to be sitting here? My name's Corinne Sweet. I'm a psychologist, a psychotherapist, a writer and a broadcaster, and I think of myself as a hybrid sweet. Um, I have been on radio since I was about five years of age, and I've been performing on radio and TV really the whole of my life as a campaigner, first and foremost. Um, then I was on um, Woman's Hour. I was trained by the BBC when I was a campaigner. Um, and I was on Woman's Hour, You and Yours, Does He Take Sugar, made features for six, seven years. And I've never been off radio, actually, since then, which is now coming up to 25, 30 years. And I've done masses of TV, including Big Brother as a psychologist and I've been a talking head on most daytime shows and um, I made my own radio features using the old tape and uh, razor blade in the old, the old days with the a ewer, ewer. Tape. <laughs> absolutely and I st am still I've been a roving reporter with UNICEF making um, loads of radio programs for the World Service and Five Live and all sorts of things. And in my life now, I work as a psychotherapist. I write books, but I'm still, I'm just about to start a series of podcasts on four of my new books that are coming out. So I'm never not on radio and I absolutely love broadcasting. So who better then than you to come in and talk about presentation? And I suppose the first question to you would be, why does presentation matter? Presentation is where you give a voice to something where you convey a message. Um, I've done a lot of jobs as a psychologist spokesperson for PR agencies and um, I'm aware that it's a really good way of getting a message across, um, of getting a really interesting item on air, getting people to think, entertaining people. And it's a great way of um, making a campaign come to life. So learning to present and being able to put your message across clearly, coherently, interestingly, I think it really breathes life into what you want to do. I mean, in our industry, presentation comes comes into it so much. You know, with, with us and our broadcast specialism, it's about performance on radio and television. But, you know, we present, don't we, at um, pitches, at meetings, at client meetings, at conferences. It comes into everyday life or Almost. Why then are we anxious about it? Presenting is when you stand up and show yourself off. And a lot of people feel very shy about showing themselves off in public, on air, on something durable or digital. I think it depends on your personality. So there's type A and type B personalities. A type A is often much more extrovert. The person likes to stand up and tell jokes in the pub, finds it easier to present than the type B personality who might be very intellectually um, able but finds the concept of sort of standing up in front of people. It's the stuff of comedy. It's the stuff of all the shows that make us squirm is when somebody very shy has to present. So there are certain skills 
skills that you can learn to embolden yourself and you can learn from being a very shy flower you can actually learn to bloom and present with a lot of uh, confidence and satisfaction and I think if you do learn those basic skills if you're standing up to give a paper at work or you're giving a speech in the House of Lords or you're actually just standing up at a wedding being a, a bride or a bridegroom or a best person you've actually then got that sense of confidence that you can get your message across. So how can you learn to overcome, I suppose it's fear, and you said to, to me it's, it's fear of humiliation. How can you get over, it sounds so simple, but how can you actually get over such an obstacle? Most people, when they think about presenting, their knees go to jelly. The idea of standing up in front of people and being looked at while they say something. So what happens then is their minds go blank because when we feel fear, we have an automatic response in our bodies. We have fear, freeze or flight, which is what we do when we feel under attack. That's what anxiety is. That's what fear is. So our minds go blank because our bodies are pumped full of of cortisol and we just want to run away, we're adrenalised. We start shaking, we start getting a dry mouth, we start freezing, we start looking blankly at things. We think, oh, I can't possibly do it. So the question is, how can I overcome this? What can I do? What you do is you prepare You have to actually spend time before you do the thing that you're going to do, breathing. That may sound very, very silly and simple, but you breathe. You need to spend about two or three minutes in the loo, at your desk, in a car, in a taxi, somewhere dark for five minutes, just literally breathing. And what you do is you put your feet on the floor, you put your hands on your thighs, and you simply breathe. You might read your notes beforehand and think about what you're going to say, but then close your eyes and just breathe for a couple of minutes. And when you breathe, you think rising as you breathe in, falling as you breathe out, literally get your mind off the subject. Then you go and you stand up and you start walking towards whatever it is you're going to do. Obviously, you need to prepare by dressing appropriately for the occasion. But the issue is, when you stand in front of your audience, is to know that you're talking to human beings. And human beings make mistakes. Human beings are fallible. You're another human being. And if you do mess up, you can stop, regroup, breathe, start again. But what do you do when those humans in the audience, whether they're watching you on television or they're watching you at a, a, at a conference, what do you do when they look a bit scary or a bit blank or they're not really reacting to your lighter comments? Uh, what do you do then? It's always horrible when you've got a po-faced audience or a bored audience. The worst thing is when they're getting up and walking out, of course, and that's really oh, scary. No. <laughs> but... Um, on the whole, what I do is I will, when I am just about to start, I give presentations to city bankers or to students. I used to be a university lecturer, so I'm used to seeing students looking half asleep. I used to wake them up by throwing sweets at them in the audience because my name's Sweet, and they had to guess which what the headlines were from the newspapers, whether they were left wing, right wing, etc. Make it fun. I mean, the main thing is to make some eye contact with the audience, to look around the audience, to take a moment before you start, to breathe as you're looking round. Just notice that they're people. See if there's one person you can make eye contact with who looks friendly. When you begin to speak, 
stand in an A-frame with your feet about hip width apart. If you've got notes, try and rest them on something. It's terrible to hold on to notes and shake. You know, if you have a lectern and a glass of water, then you can look over the audience or if you've got a headset on, as you often do these days. Just make sure that you stand straight, not rigid, knees slightly relaxed, and you look around the room and smile. Smiling will lift your voice and it will also make you look pleasant to the audience. Look slightly over the heads of the people that you're talking to. They won't know that you're not looking at them, but just look slightly above their heads. Swivel why, around why, the room. Why, why just over their heads? Because then you're not going to be distracted by looking at them eye to eye. If you look at somebody in the eye and they're scowling at you, that's very off-putting. Or they might wink at you or something might happen. So look at just over their heads... But they will feel, you know, you see comedians do this. You you look from side to side. You look down the centre of the room to the horizon. But smile as you talk and continue your breathing. Continue to take a breath. One of the big mistakes presenters do is they start gabbling and talking very fast. And it all runs together very, very, very quickly. And everybody's just going, what, what, what? Can't hear check with the audience they can hear you if you have got machinery with you microphones whatever can you hear me at the back is that okay if you have a joke prepared make sure it's not an embarrassing joke an awful dad joke from christmas or a christmas cracker make sure it's not um very un-pc just you know make some contact with the audience if you can beforehand introduce yourself smile Tell them what you're going to do. Tell them how long it might be. Say if you want questions at the end or if you want to be interrupted. You set the parameters of what you do so that you then feel in charge. One of the things is that sometimes when people have got their heads down on their notes, not making eye contact, and they start gabbling, the audience disconnects. And then you have that horrible feeling that the whole thing's running away from you, out of your hands, and people start getting restless and start chatting to each other. That's one of the worst experiences. So you say about pace the problem with time is when you're in the spotlight whether it's on air or in, on a stage um, one second can seem like several seconds can't it so how can you consciously slow yourself down I think slowing down is again in breathing before you go on because fear will make your heart race will make your pulse race will make you want to speed up if you want to deliver something clearly talk more slowly, have little pauses, and don't rush. But tell your audience you're going to give them five points and then give them five points. Give them time at the beginning and the end. Prepare something at the beginning and the end that's interesting or fun or a question so that you wait them up so that they are engaged with you. Set a question at the beginning and answer it at the end. There's all sorts of things that you can do. My name is Sweet and I've got sweets made and I sometimes take them as a prize for people if they get the question right. There's just lots of things that you can do that are appropriate and fun. You know, make sure that you feel comfortable in your clothes that you're wearing that you feel stylish but the breathing is very very important and then say at the end how nice it's been to be there 
um, say a sign-off that's that's fun and smile at the audience. And it's very much very important to keep your connection with the audience. So on television, we always tell spokespeople it's about the eye-to-eye contact. So that's very interesting to to hear that when you've got an audience in front of you, you're 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 looking over the heads. Um, but when you're in the close confines of a studio, we, we would be saying eye-to-eye because really it's that whole thing, isn't it, about eyes being the window to the soul. But can you explain a bit more about the importance of eye-to-eye contact when when you're in a smaller group? Well, that's interesting because I've been on TV a lot. Um, I'm a regular on BBC Breakfast. I've done Christmas Day, actually, even, which is about family strife (laughs) on Christmas Day. Um, I think with... If you're in a debate, it's different than if you're being interviewed. I've been in debates with people where there is a real full-on argy-bargy going on. And I think my way of preparing, and I think, again, for being a spokesperson on, say, in a debate or in something contentious, do your preparation so that when you sit in the green room before you go on, you really stay with yourself. One of the big mistakes people make is they start having the argument in the green room. They start, you know, really having the row. And and one of the problems there is that you then lose the energy that's going to be used in expressing yourself on air. Um, so I meditate I I go inside and I do my breathing, breathing, thinking, rising and falling. I'll read my notes, but I get calm. I don't have any alcohol, don't have any caffeine. Then when I go on, I will make contact with the presenter. But if I'm sitting next to somebody with whom I'm going to have a battle, I would not make any eye contact with them at all. And then if we came to an actual debate, I might then look at them. Um, but I wouldn't actually make a connective eye contact with them. I would just look at them politely, but I wouldn't let myself feel a human connection with them because I've got my argument to put. I went on air on BBC Breakfast with the woman who delivered my baby. Um, I didn't realise that she had delivered my baby you know, 15 years earlier, and I was in a campaign which was opposing what she was going to say. Gosh. And (laughs) she and I in the green room I said you delivered my baby and it made it almost impossible for us to be advocates fighting each other in studio so I think you have to stay with your cause with your arguments and obviously you prepare the three main things you want to say and whatever's thrown at you you continue to say the things that you want to say do you have a technique for doing that so we have a technique that we teach which is abc a acknowledge the question b bridge so you have a form of words that gets you to see change change a subject do you have something similar that you could share i i have a mental image of three bullet points i write cards beforehand is how I would do it. I colour code them and I visualise them. And I say to myself, I'm delivering those three points or those five points. I do it when I do spokesperson jobs because I memorise the statistics. I just have a mind that remembers figures or I can look at things visually and I can see it as a picture. But I would say the ABC mnemonic is a really good thing to do. Whatever you do, you just need to stick to your point and not get flummoxed. You just say, that's a great question. However, I just want to say, and then you say what it is you, you have to say. And you mentioned getting involved 
involved in debates. Now, I think this is very difficult if you're on live radio or television because you've got what you want to say. You're sitting there and you don't want to sit there like a lemon. You've gone into the studio, so you've got to have your, your pennies worth. But what do you do when there's somebody who dominates the, the debate? Because sometimes you do get spokespeople who yes. think he or she who shouts the loudest. Well, this is great because I've been on Newsnight a lot. I've been on nearly... I was the first agony aunt on Kilroy and the last. I was on ev- virtually every Kilroy. Um, I've been on lots of programmes which have been a sort of bloodbath experience. What I've learned, I was with Jeremy Clarkson on a programme which was a very interesting experience. I've learned that first of all I'm going to get my say and I decide ahead of time I'm going to get my say. Secondly I get in early and I get to say what I want to say and then I feel whatever happens after that I will make my point. Thirdly, detach emotionally as much as possible from what's being said to you because people will provoke. They will say very provocative things because they want you to react. And if you can work out beforehand in your breathing exercise and your preparation with your cards or your thinking or your writing notes, you get very clear what you're going to say. Then whatever's thrown at you in situ, still say it. And then don't get personal with the other person. Stick to your guns. Good tips. And I know it's a fine line between not wanting to over-dominate yourself, but you don't want to to appear to be shy and retiring too. So it's a very difficult balance to make. Yes, it is a dance. And I have been on shows where somebody is very much dominating. You can't get a word in, so you have to name it. You have to say, OK, you've... You're interrupting me every single time I'm beginning a sentence. I'd like you to let me finish two sentences and then you can speak. So you just have to set your boundaries. It's all a boundary issue, a parameter issue. You do get flaky presenters that don't really keep control and that's often a problem. Um, I've learned doing BBC Breakfast, for instance, which I have done for 20 years, that the time goes by so fast when you're on TV and on radio. You've got to be very sharp. You've got to really know what you're going to say. Sit down, smile, compose yourself. And the minute they look at you, you're on. Go for it. How difficult do you think it is to to fake it? So we're saying, you know, believe in yourself and, you know, my mind over body, really. Um, but how difficult do you think that is? I think it's actually much easier than we think. So, for instance, if you're feeling very knock-kneed about standing up and presenting or being on radio or being on TV, remember everybody had to start somewhere. Remember, everybody goes to the loo. Everybody is human. So you act as if, and I teach people to act as if. I've trained many people to do radio interviews or to present. You just have to act as if. And you get it into your head. I can do this. I'm fine. If not me, who? I'm going to be the one doing this. I'm perfectly fine to do this. So you have to talk positively to yourself. You have to eliminate negative thoughts. Lots of people, particularly women, get very negative about themselves and start thinking, oh, I don't look right. I look too old. I'm too weighty. You know, I'm not going to be okay in front of people. Well, I think you're just perfect. You can do it. And you just 
say to yourself, I can do this, I'm the right person to do this, and I'm going to act as if. You take a big breath, you walk in with your head up or you sit down, you use your posture to feel better about yourself. If we raise our heads and we look at people, you will feel, begin to in, inhabit the role. Have a go. You will do it and you'll do far better than you think you will. And don't criticise yourself. Don't criticise your voice. Take a good breath and just go. Corinne, thank you so much for your insight and some very good tips, which I'm sure anyone listening will take on board, myself included. Thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure.